This Torah learning is dedicated for Rafur Shalema, for Michael Andrew, the son of Jennifer. May Hashem bless him with faith, strength and courage, and may he see a perfect redemption. As you may know, Rabbi Ashla considers a person as being a whole world in himself. Therefore, everything that's in the world is also inside ourselves. It's in this spirit that he teaches us the inner meanings of the stories of the Torah. Over these last few weeks, we've been reading in the Torah the story of the exile of the children of Israel in Egypt. So our question is, how do we see this redemption of the children of Israel from the suffering and slavery at the hands of the Egyptians as inner processes that take place within ourselves? Indeed, in the Pesach Haggadah, we say each year, in every generation, a person is obliged to see himself or herself as if he's coming out of Egypt. Indeed, every single day we mention the redemption from Egypt in our daily prayers and in our grace after meals. So coming out of Egypt is not a one-time historical event, but it's a present reality for each and every one of us. Everybody, each one of us, has within us our own personal Egypt. This is reflected in the word Egypt. Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim, meaning a narrow or constricted place. Every one of us has our own limitations that we do need help in overcoming. We need our own redemption. Sometimes we're in situations we wonder how can we ever get out of this. Sometimes our position appears to us as hopeless as it appeared to the children of Israel of old. But then we're required to remember the promise that Hashem gave to Avraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov that he will redeem his children. And for this reason, we are commanded to remember the coming out of Egypt every day of our lives, to remind ourselves that God loves each one of us as much as he loved our forefathers of old and will indeed redeem us as he redeemed them. Rabbi Ashlag, in his article HaShalom, goes further. In fact, tells us that we are the same souls that reincarnate again and again. We're just in different bodies. We are indeed the same souls that were enslaved in Egypt and we were redeemed and we stood at Mount Sinai. We are those same souls today. Our bodies and our personalities change so we can learn our lessons and do the aspect of Tikkun that we still need to do. But we were redeemed once and we will be redeemed again. So by looking at the elements of the story of the exile and the redemption of the children of Israel from Egypt, we can identify these elements within ourselves and then we know what to pray for. In a remarkable letter that Rabbi Ashlag wrote to his students, he taught the inner meaning of Pharaoh in Egypt. By learning the meaning of Pharaoh in Egypt, we can find that corresponding Pharaoh within us and ask God to help us deal with it. Pharaoh is the denier of God within us 
as Ezekiel the prophet teaches. Speak and you shall say, thus says the Lord God, I am placing over you Pharaoh the king of Egypt, the great crocodile who crouches lurking in his waters of the Nile, of which he says, this is my Nile and I made it myself. Ezekiel chapter 29. This imagery is a vivid one. A crocodile is a fearsome predator, attacking animals that venture close to the water's edge. It's an animal that knows no mercy, never lets go, and focuses only on swallowing for its own satisfaction. Similarly, the foe that is within us is that aspect of the ego that wants to swallow all God's light for its own purposes. Not only all material aspects of the light for its own gratification, but even more, he wants to divert any spirituality to satisfy his own purposes. It's the hard core of the ego, the hard core of our own selfish love. And like the Pharaoh of old, it oppresses us. Pharaoh says to Moses, who's God that I should listen to his voice? He doesn't recognise God. He considers himself as being in charge of everything. The Zohar teaches that the vessel, which is the great crocodile lurking in the Nile, is a vessel for the absolute revelation of the light of God. But Pharaoh is using it for his own self-purposes. The way of the Jew is different. And this was the difference that Moses taught. This was the redemption that Moses brought. The way of Moses is the way of faith, of giving unconditionally. That's why he's called Rea de Mehemanuta, the shepherd of faith. He's called that because he gave the children of Israel the pathway of faith. This was the pathway of faith that our father Abraham taught, the path of unconditional faith in God, no matter what reality looks like. The faith that God is good and does good, that he wants to help us and he's just waiting to help us. Moses shares the same spiritual level as Yaakov Avinu, the one who brought the faith of Abraham and the reverence of Yitzhak into absolute perfection. So why did the exile in Egypt have to happen? Rabbi Ashlag teaches that the exile in Egypt was a necessary prerequisite for the children of Israel so that they could develop the way of faith as a nation not as separate individuals in the way that their forefathers had, but as a nation to become a nation of faith. For this, they needed the Redeemer, Moses. What is the vessel for faith? What is faith? Faith is a gift. Faith is a giving that we give to God, even when he's hidden from us. As slaves, the children of Israel had to learn how to give to each other, to view each other as brothers. Why is this vessel necessary? It's because God cannot give off his great light of revelation unless there's a fitting vessel for it. 
and that vessel has to be with the same affinity of form as that of God. Just as God is unconditionally giving, so do we have to have a vessel which is unconditionally giving. Only that can enable us to receive the light of God in a true way, in a way that doesn't harm us. But the aspect of ego that is called the Pharaoh within us wants to receive this great light of God for its own self alone, even wants to deny that the light it receives is coming from God at all. Now the sages tell us that the exile of Egypt was worse than all the other exiles that the Jewish people have suffered throughout the ages. It wasn't just a physical enslavement, it was also a spiritual enslavement. This did not happen in the other exiles, not even in the Holocaust. At first the children of Israel allowed themselves to be dominated by the thoughts and values of the surrounding Egyptian culture. But then Pharaoh got not just an outer hold, but an inner hold as well. Now, how did that happen? Rabbi Ashlag writes, The beginning of the exile of Egypt and the servitude begins from the scripture, and a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. This means that within every person a new self-governance arose. Before this, the men and women of the children of Israel lived their lives according to the values and principles taught by Joseph the Tzaddik and by their grandfather Jacob. They thought, acted and spoke in accordance with their values. But the new generation rose up who were no longer connecting with the values that they had been taught by Joseph and Jacob. They'd become influenced by those of their surroundings, by those values that governed the Egyptians. One must certainly remember that at this period of history, Egypt represented the most advanced civilization. Although originally they'd lived in the separate area of Egypt called Goshen, by this time the children of Israel had pretty well mingled with the Egyptians and had been influenced by them. But this is not the only reason why they became prey to the governance of Pharaoh, both externally and internally. Rabbi Ashlag looks deeper. In the Talmud, the sages teach, if it so happens that a Talmud Chacham, a student of a sage, accidentally kills someone and therefore has to flee to a city of refuge, his teacher, the sage, has to go into exile with him. The question needs to be asked, how could a Talmud Chacham fall so low that he accidentally kills someone? Surely the merit of his teacher should have protected him. But Rabbi Ashtag teaches that the fall of the student occurs because in his heart he had ceased to value his teacher appropriately. In his heart he had not valued him properly and in his heart belittled him. This was the cause of his fall. For if he had valued his teacher appropriately, then the merit of his teacher would have guarded him. Likewise for us. When we fall, we ask ourselves why? Why did it happen? 
Are we valuing the teachings of the Torah appropriately? Are we valuing our teachers appropriately? To look and see answers to this question, a good place to look is by examining our actual thoughts, words and deeds and seeing if they really reflect our highest aspirations and if we're living up to them in practice. Our highest wisdom is that of the Torah that we have been so privileged to receive from our teachers. It's when we belittle our own highest ideals and fail to take them seriously that we fail to bring them through into actual practice through our thoughts, words and actions that we fall prey to the inner Pharaoh within us. Rabbi Ashlag writes that we can look at the name Pharaoh and gain an understanding as to how this hardest of all the aspects of the ego actually functions. The inner meaning of Pharaoh is Pe-Ra, which in English means bad mouth. But it doesn't just mean speaking badly about somebody, although that is one of the actions of the Pharaoh. The mouth is the guardian of the neck, and the neck is the channel for the flow of energy from the head to the heart and to the rest of the body. When this flow is blocked, we can certainly have our high aspirations, but we fail to live up to them. And in fact, the way the aspect of the ego or selfish love called Pharaoh actually acts is in fact to allow the light to come in the sense of we get positive thoughts, we get positive feelings, we get good intentions, but then it doesn't let us put them into practice. Our inner Pharaoh blocks the flow of light from the head to the rest of the body and he takes that energy for himself. This is the inner meaning of the sage saying that no slave was ever able to escape from Egypt for Pharaoh had closed all the doors of Egypt by witchcraft. So what can we do? The redemption begins from the words and the children of Israel sighed from the hard work and their cry for help came up to God. The first element here is the recognition of their real state. And that is the inner meaning of the bitter herbs that we eat on Seder night. The bitter herbs are placed right in the center of the Seder plate in the place which represents the sphere of Tiferet, compassion, the middle line. Why is the sphere of Tiferet, compassion, represented by bitter herbs? And the answer is, is because when we wake up to the bitterness that the ego is causing us, then we are on the first step to redemption. The children of Israel felt the bitterness of the enslavement, of their inner enslavement by Pharaoh and were no longer misled by its false promises. They knew they needed help. When they recognized the bitterness of their enslavement, of their inner enslavement, they were able to turn to God. And then the children of Israel sighed from the hard work and their cry for help came up to God. Indeed, only God himself can deliver us from the Pharaoh within us. In the place of Haggadah, we say, I am not an angel. I am not a seraph. I am none other. 
This evil klipa cannot be overcome except by God alone. When we know that we've tried all things and they're not working, the only thing left is prayer. And we turn to God, knowing that he can and will help us. This is a real prayer. The prayer that we give from the Omka Deliba, the depths of our heart. The prayer that we offer up when we know that only Hashem can help us, that on him we absolutely rely. The prayer that comes from deep within us. And just as in the redemption of the children of Israel from Egypt, our prayer that is offered straight up to God is always answered and God hears our prayer. And the scripture says, and the children of Israel sighed from the hard work and they cried out to God and their cry for help went up to God from the work and God heard their cry and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and God saw the children of Israel and God knew. And that word knowing is connection. May Hashem hear the prayers of every single one of us and deliver us from our own personal Egypt. Let us exchange the dominance of the ego, instead being ruled by the teachings of our sages and the revelation of God, and bring us in love and companionship to each other and faith and unconditional giving to him. Amen. audio recording is brought to you from Nahora School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahora School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.